Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Okay, great. So listen, I have uh, some interesting things to, to share with you, things that uh, I, I really think are going to be uh, impactful in your life if you L-E-T, if you let God do something in your life. It's, it's, uh, it's a contemplative message today for you to think. This is a message that I think that can set you free in particular areas in your life. I got to tell you first, though, it's in many ways, you know, people ask me, of course, our kids are in college. Uh, people ask me, oh, wow, boy, is it nice, you know, having all the, you know, the kids in college and all. And, and honestly, my answer is not really. Uh, <laughs> although I know for some people, they love it. They're like, we can't wait for the kids to get out to. The... But for me, I mean, we're very tight with our kids and we have such a, we're, we're really, we're really tight. Uh, and so we've just honestly missed them to, to be completely. It's, so in that way, it's hard having kids in college. Although I know, I know, I know some parents are like, I can't wait, Rabbi. Don't make me feel bad about it. I can't wait. I understand. I understand. Listen, it's a blessing either way because it's also a blessing in, in uh, you know, releasing them. But, 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 but after so long, you know, they're now in the dorms on their own. And that, that's always, you know, it's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Because one is at a university, one is at a university with a reputation for young people losing their faith due to excessive partying. <laughs> and one is at a university with a, a reputation for young people losing their faith due to over-the-top intellectualism. Uh, and so th- th- they, both, they both have challenges, if you will. But at the end of the day, right, at the end of the day, after you've done your best, after you've done your best, you have to release. And you got to put your trust in the Lord, right? That, that's not necessarily easy, though. It's not necessarily easy. But at the end of the end of the day, once you've done your best, and, then, and that's not just with kids, you understand, that, that's in a lot of different situations. It's not that you just abandon, of course, you're, you're continuing to help support and pray for them, but still, you understand what I'm saying. In many different things in life, sometimes, you just, you, my, by goodness, you got to do your best. Part of doing your best is bring your kids to God's house on a regular basis. Good for you. Regular basis. Regular basis. Including those midweek services. They really help ground your children. But... After you've done your best, you've got to release and put your trust in the Lord. And that's not easy. Exodus chapter 1, please. Exodus 1. The book of Exodus, uh, verse chapter 1, Echad. Okay, so in Exodus chapter 1, what do we read? We know the children of Israel. Of course, uh, a Pharaoh arose in Egypt who did not know Yosef, who did not know Joseph. 
And the children of Israel, the, the Hebrew the Hebrews were slaves in Egypt. And the scriptures say that as, as they were slaves, this is the descendants of, of the 12 tribes, right? And, uh, and they became slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years, as we know. And the scriptures tell us that their numbers were growing and that the king of Egypt, okay, Pharaoh, right? He was afraid that they'd be added to their enemies. He was afraid the Israel, because they were just growing, growing too numerous, too strong. And he was concerned about being able to keep them all under thumb uh, as slaves. And so he hatched this, this there's, there's just no other way to say it, Ellie Sandy. It's a, it was a gruesome plan. It was a gruesome and harsh plan that, that the king of Egypt uh, hatched to limit the power of the Jewish people. Exodus chapter 1, verse 15, it says this, Moreover, the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom, whom was named uh, Shifra and the other Pua, and, she, and said, When you help the Hebrew women during childbirth, look at the sex, at the gender. If it's a son then kill him. But if it is a daughter, she may live. And so skipping down to verse 22. But Pharaoh charged all his people saying, you are to cast every son that is born into the river. But let every daughter live. Wow. So every male baby was to be killed. This is unconscionable. I mean, this is... You know, they, they talk about war crimes and stuff like that. I mean, this is, this is just, this is beyond comprehension. It's, 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 it's like our, our people have, have been subjected to so much. I mean, it's so interesting because this is thousands of years ago and is just almost beyond the, the pale of, of comparison to anything. And how could anybody do that? I mean, to people who were already under his control. It wasn't like he had to conquer these people. They were already his slaves. And yet he did this. And, 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 and as much as this sounds like such an archaic thing that they would have done thousands of years ago, it's hard to believe the Holocaust was in some of your lifetime. Unbelievable. It's the same spirit, guys. Anybody doesn't know, you know, it's interesting, on both sides of this equation, this is a little bit of an aside. If anybody doesn't believe in God, all they got to do is look at the Jewish people to know for sure that there's a God and that there's a devil and that there's Satan. You know both things, just looking at the Jewish people. Why? Because the fact that the Jewish people are still a people after 2,000 years without a land, by far no other people have done that, by far. It's, it's unbelievable that they're still together as a people as they were thousands of years ago without a homeland until 1948. Again, they're our ancestral homeland that God promised them. The fact that all the prophecies in the Bible all talk about Israel one day being resurrected again and going back to their own land. And, and the, the Israeli flag was unfurled May 14th, 1948. It's a total miracle what God has done in and through the Jewish people. It's a testimony that the God of the Bible is God. There's no question about that. But just as that is a testimony that there is God, the fact that our people have been so vilely persecuted, I mean, anti-Semitism, you know, as, as persecuted as any people throughout history, thousands of years, it's been the same thing. I mean, uh, for crying out loud, we just finished Purim. 
you know, it's like time after time, holiday after holiday is us, is us escaping genocide. And, and here we see it again. I mean, we, Genesis, or rather Exodus chapter 1, but we saw it just in the, in the 20th century. The, the middle of the 20th century, we saw it yet again in, in the most horrific way possible. By the way, y'all, I've got a big announcement coming up this coming week about something special we're doing this year for Yom HaShoah, the Remember, Holocaust Remembrance Day. So I really want to encourage you to tune in. I'd really like for all of you to be here for Yom HaShoah this year. But So here we see in Exodus chapter 1 that they, that they were slaughtering all the male babies, all the babies that were male gender, they, they, they threw them into the river, threw them into the river. Carlos, it's just... Can you imagine being a mother in these times? Can you just imagine if you try to kind of contemplate to think being a mom in these times and being, if I could also say, being an expectant mother, right? Because remember, this was, to say the obvious, it was well before ultrasounds, okay? They didn't know the gender baby they were carrying. Think about that for, for the nine months of a pregnancy. Many of you have, have been pregnant before. Mo- week after week, month after month, day after day of your pregnancy, you know this edict's out there. The male babies are to be slaughtered. When they're born, throw them in the river. I mean, that's, that's about as austere as you're going to get. And, and you have to, gosh, you know, pregnancy is supposed to be such a joyous time. It's supposed to be a time of, ex- of expectancy, right? You're expecting something good and exciting. And, but, but these mothers, a whole people, a whole nation, had to be kind of like half excited and half absolutely scared to death, depending upon what kind of child was going to come out. Because... The, the results of that question were immediate and were severe. And, uh, God, it's, it's hard to even place myself, so to speak, even as a father, you know, you got to think, in, in the delivery rooms, you know, with the midwife there, and, 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 and you know, uh, the, the, gosh, it's, it's hard to even put that into words exactly how you might feel. So you got to put yourself... In that place. And, and then here we have what happens. Here's this woman, and sure enough, she has a little boy. And so what's going to happen? She's going she's to try, as it turns out, she's going to try to hide the baby. But you can only hide the baby so long, you know, a couple months or whatever, but it's going to become pretty obvious quick. You know, the kid's going to be crying. The kid's going to eventually start growing up more, and it's going to be obvious that you've been hiding something. You can only hide a baby so long. Let's read Exodus chapter 2, the next chapter, verse 1. Let's read about this exact story. It says, verse 1, Exodus 2, 1. Now a man from the house of Levi, so it's a Levite here, a priestly uh, family, took as his wife a daughter of Levi, the woman conceived and gave birth to a son. Uh-oh. Now, when she saw that he was delightful, she hid him for three months. Wow. That, that reminds me of, uh, like, the hiding place, you know, and it reminds me of in World War II when they would hide some of the Jews, right, so that they wouldn't be killed. It's a very similar refrain. How tragic. Thousands and thousands and thousands of years later, the same story. 
Anyway, verse 3, but when she could no longer hide him, she took a basket of papyrus reeds, coated it with tar and pitch, put the child inside, and laid it in the reeds by the bank of the Nile. His sister stood off at a distance to see what would happen to him. What? This is, this is unreal. Absolutely unreal. Wow, how can a mother... How could a mother possibly do this? Listen, the Nile is huge. Think of the Mississippi River. I don't know if any of you have seen the Mississippi. It's a huge river. The Nile is huge, especially near the Delta, you know, and, 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 and near where the Egyptians were. This is towards the end of the Nile. The Nile was huge. And yes, it was by the reeds, but who knows exactly where this, where this little baby would go? How could a mother possibly just put their little helpless child. I mean, you got to think, you walk 15, 20 feet away from that little baby. I mean, with, with the waves of, a, of, a, of, a, of a, a river that big and just a little wind, how easy would it be just to topple that tiny little basket? How could a mother even imagine to think of doing something like this? But at the same time, at the same time, keeping the baby meant Certain death for the baby. Man, this is like one of those, this is like one of those impossible choices that nobody should be really asked to make. It's, it's really kind of at that level. But putting your baby in a basket? Oh, really? Putting your baby in a basket? You know a you know a mother's instinct. I was, when I was reading this and meditating upon it, Diana, and you know, and, and studying this, the one of the things I just I just was drawn to, and I started watching it was uh, the movie The Prince of Egypt, which is such a great movie. That is just such a great movie. But there's this part, this this whole story right here, where where the mom. Uh, Yocheved puts her baby in the basket and is getting ready to send. It's called the, the river lullaby that she sings. And it's, and, and God, man, when I think about it, I mean, I, I, I'm having to maintain some self-control right now, not to just start bawling, to think about it. Because you could see in that movie when the mother was laying her baby in there and was singing a lullaby to, to her son, not knowing, I mean, can you even imagine? I, I, I'm like, as I watched that and, and tears ran down her face in the movie, I just, uh, I, man, I empathized with her. And, I, and you gotta, whew, man, I, it, it's, it's, it's overwhelming, honestly. And uh, these tears in Yocheved, Yocheved is, is Moses' mom. This is Moses we're talking about, of course. And, and my God, putting your baby in a basket on the Nile. It's, it's, wow. Proverbs chapter 29, please. Proverbs 29. Wow, the song is so pretty, too, that she sings in that, in that movie. I, I encourage you to watch The Prince of Egypt. It's a great, I know it's a cartoon, but man, it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> And the music in it is just remarkable. (laughs) 
Proverbs 29, verse 25. Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but one who trusts in Adonai will be kept safe. Fear of man will prove to be a snare. But one who trusts in Adonai will be kept safe. What is it that Yocheved, Moses' mother, had to rely on? (laughs) There was the only thing she could rely on, (laughs) y'all. She was in quite a spot. And y'all, she could only rely on God. She had to trust in God. She had to have faith in God. Hebrews 11 talks about this three-month time as, as, as a great faith time. There was literally nothing else she could do on her own. So what did she do? She chose to put Moses in a basket. She chose to put Moses in a basket. Fear of man, right, proves to be a snare. To be safe, we have to trust in Adonai. This is what Yocheved did, is she trusted in Adonai. She trusted in God. Listen to me, beloved. All, all, all that you have in this world is just a breath away from being gone. It's just a breath away from being gone. The difference between us and Yocheved was that she was forced to decide. She was forced to decide. She was put into a corner, but she trusted God enough. She sure did. She trusted God enough. Here's my my point to you. Here's my my question for you today, and it's one for you to think about, to be introspective about. I want you to listen carefully to what I'm about to say. What do you need to put in a basket? What is it in your life that perhaps you're holding on to with two hands with a death grip? (laughs) Chavarim, the lesson here is that you have to be willing to lay it down, to put it in a basket, and to watch it float away from your control. Now, hear me carefully on this and listen carefully to what I said. You can, if you're watching online, you can go back and listen to what I said. That doesn't mean that you always have to put 
It doesn't mean that you always have to put what is precious to you in a basket. I said that you have to be willing to put what is precious to you in a basket and watch it float away from your control. See, oftentimes, maybe even more often than not, God will not require this of us. Oftentimes, God will not require for us to put that in a basket and let it float down the Nile River and out of your control. Oftentimes, you're not going to be asked to do that. And that is well and good. If we hold things with an open hand and make clear to God that all we have is due to his goodness, then it's probably actually a little less likely that he will test us in that regard. Ooh, this is, this is some deep stuff right here. You're with me, aren't you? This is very, very deep principle here. Okay, I want to kind of restate that for you to really think about it, right? Because if we hold on to things with a closed death grip right here, God's going to look down and say, okay, no, no. And, and you know what? We might just get tested. No, 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 no. Hold things. You can hold things. Hold them with an open hand, right? And if, if, if you do that, then the Lord will see, okay, their priorities are not out of order. They understand that we're all just a breath away. Everybody in this place, everybody watching online, wherever you are, we're all just a breath away. There'll be a time when you maybe have this available on YouTube version 7, I hope, when I'm no longer here on this planet, should the Lord tarry, right? We're all just a breath away. Maybe version 8. I don't know. I'd like to think. No, no. Could be version 2. We have to hold things with an open hand, my friend. And that means sometimes we got to put something in the basket. Something dear to us. Put it in the basket. Be willing to. We have to be willing to put that in a basket. And when you put it in a basket, it's not just like you put it in a basket and then I'm just going to, okay, I'm going to put this very precious thing in a basket. I'm going to put it right here. Okay, it's in the basket. I'm not touching it. I'm not touching it. It's right there though. No, 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 no. You put it in a basket and then you put it on the Mississippi River <laughs> or the Chattahoochee. Oh, we're not even talking about pollution here. I'm just saying you, you, let it, you let it go down the Chattahoochee and there it goes where you can't get it. You got to be willing to. You got to be, Matthew 19, Matthew chapter 19, hear the words of Messiah Yeshua. What I'm telling you today, albeit it sounds, you know, somewhat radical or something. Hey, I'm parroting the words of, wait for it, a guy, you may have heard of him, Yeshua. <laughs> or Messiah, or Moshiach. This is what the Lord says. Oh my gosh, what might you need to be putting in a basket? Ooh. Matthew chapter 19, verse 29. Here's what Messiah says. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or property 
for my name's sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. Friends, we have to trust him. But within this passage, we see that sometimes, ooh, here comes the hard part. Ooh, here comes the hard part. Because remember, I said that, 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 that you have to be willing to put that which is precious to you in a basket and let it go down the river. But we see in this passage, sometimes when we put that which is dear to us in the basket, it doesn't always return to us in the same form. See, that, that's what makes it hard. I mean, it would be really easy if you put it in the basket and then you always got it back. Well, then there's no risk putting it in the basket, you understand. No, sometimes it doesn't come back to you exactly like that. In other words, if you put your business, if you're a business owner, if you put your business in a basket and then give it to the Lord, he may take that basket and you may never see it again. <laughs> You may never see it again. But you will receive an exponential return for your trusting in him. You see the biblical spiritual principles at work here, you see? This is, this is a very deep principle here. Gosh, in a similar fashion, and boy, this is where this is not Believer 101 right here. In a similar fashion, a loved one that you put in a basket may not always return to you. Perhaps it's because of death, for example. Or because perhaps that person chose not to return. But regardless, choosing God and trusting in Him is always the plan that will make the best out of whatever situation you are in. So it doesn't matter the consequences, whatever they're going to be when you put that which is precious to you in the basket. Whatever the consequence, whatever happens, it's going to be the best it can be if you truly trust in the Lord in this situation. It may not always turn out the way you want it to, the way I want it to. Sometimes it doesn't turn out the way that God wants it to. What do you mean by that? Remember this. It's God's will that no one should perish. That's the will of the Lord. God's will is frequently does not happen. This is one of the reasons why Yeshua, part of Yeshua's model prayer to us, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why would he even pray that if God's will was always done? No, this should be our prayer as well. But the point is, is that regardless of what happens, we have to trust in him. Do you see this? So even if it doesn't happen that your Moses comes back to you, it will still be better result than if you did not trust in God with him in the first place. It still will be a better result. Whew, man, that's where the tire hits the road. You see, there's so many people that I see on TV 
Watch the, watch, no, watch Al for TV. Don't watch TV. Watch out for the TV people and, and a lot of the stuff on the internet where you have people who, who wave around a Bible and, and, and act like everything, if, if, if you believe in God, everything's just going to be easy, hunky-dory, tiptoe through the tulips. That's not the Bible I read. And not only that, but that's a very shallow walk. When all you're given is just platitudes of, of, of everything's just going to be great. And by the way, you're all going to be incredibly wealthy, rich on top of it, and have perfect health and live until you're a thousand. Well, that's nice. That's great. That's not reality, folks. That's, that's not the world that we live in. Listen, let's look toward heaven towards that stuff. We look towards heaven where there'll be no tears, no crying. No. On this earth, my Bible says you will have tribulation. But you see, that's okay. Rejoice because I've overcome the world, Yeshua says. I'm going to start preaching in a minute here. I'm just... I didn't, I didn't know this was going to be a preaching message, honestly. Woo, Proverbs chapter 3, y'all. <laughs> See, <laughs> oh, this is my Jerry Clower, <laughs> some of you. Proverbs chapter 3, listen, this is hard to understand. This is hard to understand, isn't it? I think it is. But this is why we have the amazing proverb to comfort us and to reassure us. A lot of you know this proverb. Some of you, it's your favorite verses in the whole Bible. And for good reason, it's a great one. But there's a reason this one is in here and it is for some of the hard situations. You see, because if you're listening to these feel-good teachers and preachers all the time, then what's going to happen is, is that your walk's gonna be so shallow so that when trials and tribulations hit you, you're gonna fall like a house that's built on sand. No, your house has to be built on the rock, which is the truth that you got to trust in God, period, no matter what. And it's not always going to be easy. Hello. What does Proverbs 3 say? You, you know that some of you know it by heart. It's a powerful scripture, but knowing it makes all this make much more sense, right? Lord Elizabeth, Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in Adonai with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight or he will direct your path. You see, my friends, we have to trust God with all of our heart right? Not part of our heart, not just part of our heart, or not, not part of our heart except for when it comes to Moses. Because Moses is really precious to me, and well, listen, I gotta, I gotta, you know, God, I know you're watching Moses, but I gotta, you know, listen, you, you just step aside, I'm gonna take care of Moses. You can take care of things like what's, what's going on in, in the Middle East, and you can take care of the political scene going on, but I'm, I got Moses here. Whatever your Moses is in your life that's precious to you. I, that's a lot of people do that. You know, take, take your hands off my Moses, God. No, no, no. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Putting Moses in a basket was all in. That was taking all your chips and shoving them all in. Putting Moses in a basket, y'all. And we can't lean on our own understanding. Friends, I got the diplomas on the wall. My education means nothing if I do not trust in God. Lean not on your own understanding. You know what? I'm going to believe that the half a dozen or so professors we have in the room right now will agree with me. We got like a half a dozen professors in the room right now. 
Two of them were our ARC openers today. Unbelievable, right? If we try to lean all on our own understanding, that's not going to get us very far. No, we got to trust in the Lord. When you are depressed and hurting and in need, hey, don't try to lean on your own. You trust in the Lord. He will see you through it. Amen? I have to trust in him and not myself. Y'all, it makes no sense at all to put a baby in a basket on the Nile River. How could that possibly help? (laughs) That makes no sense. (laughs) Lean not on your own understanding. Put a baby in a basket on the Nile River? Seriously? That's, That's the plan? I don't know about you, but I probably would have gone back to God and said, hold on, you know, let's, let's think about this again. <laughs> Get behind me, Satan. I know God's got some other plan. That can't be it. <laughs> Put my baby in a basket on the Nile River. Friends, all too often, all too often, we have things that we are unwilling to let go of. Again, it's not that we commonly will be asked of God to send it down the river. The the point is, is that we have to be willing to. We have to be willing to. You have to be willing to. We have to be willing to trust in the Lord enough that we believe that if we give whatever situation we are going through to God, that it will be for our best, period. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. And this is a, a deeply emotional thing, if we're honest about it. You know it had to be for Yocheved. This is a deeply emotional thing. Now, I'm going to talk a little turkey here. We had chicken in the Arab Shabbat dinner. <laughs> I want you to think about it. What? what you need to be reminded of that you got to be willing to put in a basket. Again, oftentimes God's not going to require you to do it, but you have to be willing, like sincerely willing to put it in a basket. It changes your whole perspective on that which is precious to you and puts it in the right order. Maybe it's a relationship that you got to be willing to put in a basket. And send it down the river. You got to be willing to. Maybe if there's some relationship that you're just got that death grip on, maybe it's your ego. Maybe it's a financial situation. Maybe it's a desire or a hope that you, you got to be willing to put it in the basket. You got to be willing to put it in the basket. Maybe it's a job, a career, an aspiration, a, a, a business. Maybe it's simply ourselves. Perhaps, perhaps you really need to be in control so much. You really need to be in control. You're one of those, those people that perhaps what you need to be willing to put in a basket is yourself. (laughs) 
Got to get a bigger basket. <laughs> Ken, where's Ken? You like that one, Ken? Oh my gosh. Never, I've never had a Jaws reference in one of my sermons before. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Listen, whatever it is, that's what you need to fully trust God with. Whatever it is. Whatever it is in your life that you need to fully trust God with. Your future. It could be a lot of different things. Your, your, your self-image. Because, you know, dear ones, if we are willing to give it up to the Lord, let me tell you what it does. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be real straight with you. It takes the weight off of us. No, this, friends, this is a redeeming, encouraging, uplifting message right here. Because otherwise, you know who's carrying it? You. You carrying it. You carrying it. Golly, man, what, as, 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 as hard as that, you think about Yocheved, uh, as hard as that was to put Moses in that basket, once she released that basket and it got out of her reach, although she surely had some trepidation, it was done. It was done, you see? She's released it at that point. It's no longer on her what happens. And it's like, well, I want it to be on me because it's my baby. No, 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 no. You want it to be on God. You want it to be on God. That's who you really want it to be on. You don't want it to be on yourself. If you're smart, you will find that it's liberating. I'll show you what I mean just illustratively. If you have a bad disease, a bad disease, you pray in faith for your healing. You pray in faith for your healing. No question about it. But realize that because you trust in God, it's going to be okay no matter what happens. No matter what happens, even if you go to be with him. You see how that's putting the sickness in the basket or yourself in the basket, however you want to look at that. You're putting that in the basket and you're saying, you know what? Oh, I'm going to take my hands off that steering wheel, right? And, and there goes that basket. And you know what? Okay, God, I'm in your hands. I'm praying in the prayer of faith for supernatural healing. I believe it. I have faith. But you know what? I'm floating down the Nile River. And if my next destination is up in heaven, then praise God. See, that takes pressure off. Do you, do you feel it? So many people fear death. So many people fear, 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 fear this, fear what's going to happen in the business, fear what's going to happen in the financial situation, fear what's going to happen in the relationship, fear that they, they, they fear. I mean, Yocheved, I mean, all the babies, you know, there had to be massive, just tangible fear among the, the Hebrew slaves. If you have a relationship that is soured, do everything you can do to restore it, but then give it to God. Give it to God. Trust in him. What happens beyond this is between the other person and the Lord. It's between the other person and the Lord. No matter what they do, be willing to put it in a basket. you got to be willing to put it in a basket. If it is finances or a job or a business, 
If it fails, it doesn't mean that you have failed. You are a child of the Almighty God. If you are a follower of, of, of the, the King of the universe, the creator of everything, you really can't fail, right? Because we know the, the end of your story. The end of your story is going to be pretty good. It's going to be a bestseller. <laughs> I don't care if, 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 if you go on to be with the Lord, there's nobody in this whole planet that even knows you or comes to your funeral and you're Eleanor Rigby. It doesn't make any difference because you know what? <laughs> I don't know. Ryan. <laughs> hey, listen, if Eleanor Rigby knew the Lord, she don't mind the song. <laughs> wow, this was not in my notes. Because if she's in heaven, why does she care? Nobody showed up to her funeral. Who cares? She's in heaven, man. She won. She won. People, billionaires on this earth are not going to win a millionth, a billionth as much as she did. Nobody can. It's, this is a matter of perspective, friends. This is what's really important. It is not what defines you, that which you're going through, that which is even dear to you, that which you, it, that's not really what defines you. Your walk with the mighty one of Israel is what defines you, or should. See, it takes the pressure off if you're willing to put it in a basket. <laughs> Let's get ready to conclude with Exodus 2. Exodus 2. Wow. So interesting, James, isn't it? It's a perspective changer. Here's the great thing, though. Sometimes, sometimes, the basket actually does come back to you. <laughs> sometimes the basket actually does come back to you. What happened? We read in Exodus chapter 2, Pharaoh's daughter saw the basket. She saw that basket in the reeds, right? She sent one of her assistants to go fetch that thing, brought that basket to her. Exodus chapter 2 verse 6 says this, when she opened it, she saw the child, a baby boy crying. She had compassion on him. And said, ah, this is one of the Hebrew children. Then his sister, Moses' sister, who was watching everything, came up and said to Pharaoh's daughter, uh, should I go and call a nurse from the Hebrews to nurse the child for you? <laughs> Pharaoh's daughter told her, go. Okay, so the girl went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child and nurse him for me, and I will pay you for your wages. <laughs> so the woman took the child and nursed him. Man, what a story. That's, that's unbelievable, isn't it, Susan? It's unbelievable, flat out amazing. Not only was the baby Moses saved from death, certain death, not only was the baby Moses returned to his mother to nurse. But Moses' mother, Yocheved, was even paid by Pharaoh to do it. 
<laughs> Come on, y'all. <laughs> wow. <sighs> sometimes, it's not every time, but sometimes the restoration is so complete that it's even better than you could have ever dreamed of to start with. <laughs> In her wildest dreams, when Yochevet let that basket down the river, if you said, what's the best thing that could possibly happen? She wouldn't have dreamed that up. That's better than anything she would have even possibly dreamed. My friends, I'm happy to report that both of my kids are thriving within believing communities of their campuses. Praise God. Man, no one's more relief than me and their mom. They are involved on their campus and campus uh, believing communities. They attend on a regular basis. They've made friends in the faith community. And I'm relieved for sure. But regardless, regardless, no matter how hard it is, sometimes you have to have the faith to put that which is important to you in a basket and simply trust in God. I know it's hard. I know it's hard, but you can do it. And trusting in God is always the best case scenario. The title of my message is Basket Case. <laughs> Let's bow our heads. Oh, Lord, forgive me. <laughs> I want to ask if there's anybody who's here today who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah. If you have never committed your life to God, today is your day. If that's you and you've never done so before, but you want to, lift your hand and we'll pray together. If you've never committed your life to God, but you want to, today. Say, yes, I want to say a prayer to receive Yeshua as my Messiah. If that's you. Mm. If you're watching online and you've never said that simple prayer before, repeat this prayer after me. God will change you on the inside. Say, dear God, I humble myself before you. I ask Yeshua to come into my heart. I believe he's risen again sitting at your right hand. Thank you, God. Please forgive me of my sins. I'll live the rest of my days for you. In Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer for the first time and you're watching online or listening on the podcast, please send us an email. We want to celebrate with you. If you're here and maybe you couldn't get your hand up but you said that prayer for the first time, please see me after the service. I just want to rejoice. Lord, I thank you for this. God, I pray for each and every person who's here regarding what, what it is in their hearts, in their lives, really, that they need to be willing to put in the basket. God, I know that that doesn't always mean that you're going to ask us to let it go in the basket. But everybody, Lord, we need to be willing to put that in the basket. Got to be willing. Lord, there's some, probably many people here today that there's something in their life or some things in their life that they truly are not, have not been willing to put in a basket. Lord, out of the fear of the Lord too, I'm 
Lord, please help each person who's here who is struggling with being willing to put that in the basket. Lord, let them give it to you. Let them be willing to give it to you. Lord, that which is precious or dear or important to them. Lord, we are willing to lay it down on the altar for you, Lord God. It doesn't matter what it is Messiah Yeshua said. Anything you give up, you'll receive a hundredfold in the, in the world to come, a hundredfold. So God, Abba Father, humbly, Lord, help us. Help us be willing to lay everything in the basket. Everything. Lord, I pray for the strength for everybody here to be able to do that. It's hard. Especially the more important it is to us, the harder it is. Help us, God, in this area. Help us all. Lord, we lift up your name. We give you great thanks for the Shabbat, for the service, for this challenging but uh, liberating message, I think, really. We bless you, Lord God, for all this. Thank you for saving Moses and saving us. In Yeshua's name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethlehem.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Nine, 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 nine.